We had a great conversation with Kendall Matthews. She is a financial advisor in Columbia. We had people recommending her because they got such great results with her and we wanted to pick her brain a little bit, find out what she recommends for people, what it looks like for clients that come in with their financial questions or issues and what her approach to that is. She knows, I know she works a lot with the military, but she also does a lot of civilian work as well. She has an amazing, simple process to get people started. She answers questions about life insurance and health insurance and the importance of saving money and not spending what you don't have. Um, I love the fact that she answers and addresses debt. You, most of you are familiar with Dave Ramsey, but all of you need to be familiar with Kendall Matthews here in Columbia. If you like us, share this. Don't like us, don't share it. Comment, share, like, Comment. enjoy. Here, here, here. Hit the acapella. Here. We're here for the health of it. For the health of it. Hi, well, we are pumped to have Kendall with us here today. She's from First Command and the very first time I started hearing her name, a one of our front desk staff was um, meeting with her for financial appoint, I guess you call it financial appointments. And I didn't know that, but for two straight weeks, every single day, she would say, I want this, but I'm not allowed to buy it. I want this, but I'm not allowed to buy it. I want this, but I'm not. I swear I heard it from her 20 times. I'm not allowed to buy it. I was like, what are you talking about? And what? And you know how when you can't have something, you want it even more. So I would just walk around and every time I saw her, she would have something that she wanted to buy, but that she, that Kendall wasn't letting her buy. Um, and then we met, met you a little bit later. We've done some workshops together. I know uh, we're at Columbia is a huge military kind of hub. So I know this is a big kind of place for you. Uh, so maybe tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing and why um, you decided to come here and visit us. Sure. So uh, my name is Kendall. Hey guys. Um, I moved here about eight years ago. I graduated from University of Georgia. So I am a Georgia Bulldogs uh, fan. Mm-hmm. Makes it tough here a little bit sometimes, but I've been living here eight years. I moved here for my job. Um, I am a financial advisor for First Command and I work with Fort Jackson and Shaw Air Force Base and a couple of the reserve units around here. Um, but yeah, it's been great. I love Columbia. It's a small town city. That's how I like to categorize it. When people move here, I'm like, it's the capital, but sometimes you never know it. And Mm -hmm. you can get to the beach in two hours. You can get to the mountains in three. If you really want a big city, there's Charlotte and Atlanta. So really Columbia is a great place to live. And I would say I have a lot of clients who, um, being military when they're getting ready to retire, this is where they want to call home. Um, so I, I do love it and I don't have plans on leaving anytime soon. So that's that's a good thing. Who would be, who would use your services? Yeah. So first command, um, we've been around since 1958. So a little over 60 years, we were founded by an air force pilot actually. Um, so first command, our, our primary focus is military. That's We specialize in their benefits, um, and our mission statement is coaching those who serve in their pursuit of financial security. So coaching those who serve kind of encompasses a lot, though, because there are a lot of people that serve in many different ways, teachers, police officers, firefighters, um, but the military is is our primary market and who we work with. Gotcha. So... When do you start with a client? Is it something where in high school, if somebody knows I want to go into the military or into the service industry, would that be the ideal time to start talking to you to to plan? So we work with um, E5 and above. Um, We do have programs. What was that? E5 and above. So that is, so you have, so in the military, you have the enlisted side and you have the officer side. Okay. So um, an E5 is a sergeant. Ah, okay. Yes. Now, and that is army speak. So in the air force, there's a different term used, uh, but in the army, it is 
E5 is So you have to hit a, a certain rank for them to work with you. Correct. Okay. Yes. And, and what if they're what if they're under that rank? They so go to somebody else. We do have um we do have programs for them and they are still allowed to work with us. We are allowed to help them with their benefits and educate them start them on a budget, start off savings. Um, but when you first come into the army as a private, you find that a lot of them are supporting families right? and it is a good living, but it's very hard to be doing multiple things. Right. So that's where we really focus in their early years on saving, saving and building good habits to where when their income does increase, they already are ready to go and are disciplined because that's really right. Uh, discipline is key in the financial world. Right. In military and in the health world, I mean, yeah. as far as that, sure. that developing that muscle is a, a big deal. So I guess starting a client from, you know, so they, they hit this rank of sergeant, you come in, what does that first consultation look like? What are the things that you start kind of hammering in right yeah. off the bat? And so, how old are they usually? What's what's the normal age when a person hit, oh, I guess, normal age? You have five years of service? Uh, five, six years. Yeah, yeah. It also depends on what their job is. You can get promoted faster depending on what your job is. Sometimes it takes right. longer to promote mm -hmm. and criteria um so that also depends on how quickly they can get to e5 um but i have a three appointment process uh to start a client and the first meeting is just an introduction it's who is first command who am i who are you um this is what i have to offer are we a good fit because Sometimes you're just not a good fit. Right. What I'm offering isn't what they're looking for or they aren't willing to put in the work necessary. So making sure it's a good fit right off the bat. Sure. Personality wise. And sometimes it's not. And that's okay. Um, but there actually are, and I think this will be good for you guys to kind of think through. Um, but I have four questions that I ask everybody in their initial meeting Consult, with me. Yeah. Yes. So do you tell them in advance what the questions are going to be? Or you just put them on the spot? No, I just put them on the spot. It's, yeah. it's nothing like uh, they shouldn't be, they're not hard questions, but they do make you think because okay. I, I find that finances aren't really talked about and people don't ask questions mm -hmm. to make mm -hmm. them actually think about what they do want right. to see in their future. Um, so the first question I ask is how would you spend your time if money wasn't a concern? Mm -hmm. And that lets me see what's important to them. Right. What are their hobbies? Sometimes it's not a hobby. Sometimes it's spending time with family. Like it just gives me a good yeah, I like view that. into what's important to yeah. them. What What's the most common? Well, actually, let me ask you this. What's the most common answer? Yep. And what's the what's the most strangest, strangest surprising <laughs> answer you've ever heard? The um, weirdest. I would say probably the most common is travel. Yeah. Um, and okay. then um I don't I don't know if I have any like super crazy ones, but some people will say volunteer, like they just want to give back. I oh. have some people that, that yeah. is near and dear to them, uh, but travel is typically the most common. Mm -hmm. Um, so question number one, then question number two is what is your greatest financial fear? And that also yeah, that's interesting. is a big that's range deep. of that's but what is your greatest financial fear? And for some people, it's just being able to pay bills right. and for other people, it's, I don't want to have $20,000 debt for the rest of their life. Yeah, like yeah, it's, it's paying off debt and how much they want to make sure they always see in savings. Like, so that also gives me a very good insight into where they are at financially. Mm -hmm. and, how, and how do people usually word that? They're saying, I'm afraid of mm -hmm. what? Not being able to pay the bills? Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, and then what is your definition of financial success? What would you need to have or do in order to say 
you are financially successful. Mm-hmm. And I typically wait for a dollar amount answer of, well, if I have a million dollars, I'm successful. Right. Um, but actually it is, I have money in savings or really? I have no debt. What? Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting thing. So right off the bat, are there people that you meet with that you just have their stuff together at that point? Or are a lot of them still like have no savings, making ends meet is tough? Yeah. Where? What, yeah. What's that look like? So I get statistic for you. 49% of military families have less than $5,000 in savings. Wow. And we're talking what age? Probably like 25 uh, to 30. You'd be surprised. You, really? So that's not even factoring in. Wow. And does that include 401k? And that is that stuff, savings in the bank, cash. In the bank, okay. And yep. that doesn't even count debt, I would imagine. I mean, correct. what percentage come in with debt? Almost all. Wow. Yeah. And there is good debt and there's bad debt. Right, right. So, you know, a car payment isn't necessarily bad debt. Um, there are a lot of student loan debts out there. Mm-hmm. A lot. Right. Well, with the military, is that something, I mean, when they're signing on, I know there are perks where the military will pick up, but is this, where would they pick up these student loans? So a lot of people went to school before they went to the military. And then ended up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, now the military does provide great education assistance in different ways. You have tuition assistance, which is while they are on active duty, they're allocated money to go to school and take classes. Um, They have to make sure they keep their grades up or they have to pay it back. But there's tuition assistance and then there's the GI Bill, which is what is most commonly used. Um, And what we see happen there is they, the service member will use TA to get his degree or to further his his or her education, master's degree, et cetera. And then they'll save the GI Bill for their kids. So they can pass that down okay. to the, to their spouse or to yeah. their kids and have that, you know, college is expensive. Right. And so any little bit extra that they can yeah. give their kids, most try to do. Well, and it goes back to what you mentioned. Nobody talks finances ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I look back at high school and think of the amount of stuff. I think, I mean, when I put it in place, I was like keyboarding class. I think I still utilize that math and then everything else. I just, there was nothing about living life and taxes and finances and savings and even health. Like, the basics that you would think to be successful in life, we don't learn mm-hmm. possibly ever unless you get exposed to something like you or or in the health industry, somebody that starts talking about health and not waiting for sickness, right. that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so for me, I actually took an accounting class in high school, which I'm very lucky to have had that opportunity because I don't even know if that's a common class offered in high school. Mm -hmm. And that is how I knew I wanted to be somewhere in the finance industry. Uh, It used to actually be, I wanted to be a CFO. That was my goal. That's what I wanted. And then I realized I'm way too much of a people person. So how do I do that with everybody? And that is where... I was led down the path of being a personal financial advisor. Yeah. CFO of what? Did you have a company that you wanted to? No. I just wanted to be in charge. Yeah. I just, yeah, that was, so now I'm my own business owner and I'm helping hundreds of families on a regular basis. That's awesome. And if someone wants to meet with you for the first time, is there, uh, is there a cost for the, you to come ask them those terrifying questions. (laughs) And I want to hear the other two questions. Oh yeah. So there's the last, the last one, because the third one was define financial success. Um, so, um, let's get, let me do the fourth. Let's do the fourth fourth, one. I thought thought we got to the fourth one. The the fourth one is what is your current plan to make that success happen? And that is where you kind of find out, well, if they have anything, in if place. they're yeah. already working on something and some people, their answer is, well, I have a budget or yes, I've started savings or right. yeah, I am doing X, Y, Z. 
Uh, most common answer is that's why I'm talking to you because mm-hmm. I don't have that. And I think what's an important uh, difference to point out is when I'm giving financial advice and, and building a financial plan, you're actually getting a financial plan. Like if you asked Carly Kendall, let me see your financial plan. She's going to bring it to you. Like it is written out set in stone of how they're on track for their goals, what they need to be doing, what we agreed we were going to do. Um, and cool. she still may hate me sometimes, but I, I promise you, she's probably a lot happier. Um, you know, they've got some big changes coming right. their way and we've been able to plan and get ready for those changes. Yeah. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's so, the first step is always the hardest. Yeah. Always. Right. Um, do you get on your, so I know in my family health wise, if they're not working out, I get on them. If they're not getting adjusted, if I feel like they're not eating, like I'd try mm-hmm. to, I'm generally the one that would be on them for it. But I know for your sister, have you asked your sister all these questions? So we have talked about finances a little bit. Those specific questions, no. no. Um, but being my sister, I probably could answer some of them for her. Sure. But she does have a small financial plan set up. She does have some things in place. Some of that has been big sister looking out for setting her mm-hmm. up for later on down the road. Um, we were talking about life insurance earlier. She has her own policy. She'll eventually take over and she does have some investments and she's been saving through the pandemic. So she'll be ready once so- she's on really on her own. She's, she has started with some baby steps. Yeah. So to go back to um, when they the first meet with you, is there, yeah, is yeah. There an- yeah. So, um, first appointment is always free. It, that is, it's an hour yeah. of your time and my time. And, you know, from there we decide where we're going to go. If we're going to set a next appointment, uh, for our active duty military, um, their planning process, their, their everything with us at first command, it is policy. Uh, all planning fees are waived for active duty military. So cool. uh, they don't cut us a check. It's their time. That's right. you sacrifice a couple of hours of your time to get started. And from there, you have an advisor for life everywhere UPCS to. Wow. Yeah. So then visit two. So you do your initial one and then you said there's three visits. Yeah. What do you do at two? So at the end of the first appointment, they do get homework, which they always get a chuckle out of. Um, but that is where they're, uh, for a lot of people, they've never done a budget or looked at numbers their yeah. spending. So they have to get together a budget. So I give them a budget to work on. And it's not a, this is what I want things to look like. It's, well, what? yeah, I'm spending $600 eating out right. every month. Like I'm spending $200 Awareness. on mm-hmm. clothes. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it is probably one of the most eye opening exercises yeah. they will do. It's almost like the x-ray, like when we take an x-ray on somebody, it's it's the we're seeing where you're at right now mm-hmm. and then trying to structure a plan to move forward. Yeah. 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 Now with budgeting, um, were you a big Dave Ramsey follower and into that kind of philosophy? So uh, yes and no. And I do give my clients some of his tips and tricks mm-hmm. if they're really struggling with how to stick to a budget. But like with every client and every financial plan, it's not going to be the same for everybody. So it's just kind of finding yeah. what works and how to hold them accountable. But some clients really do like the envelope method. Some people right. don't prefer cash and they'll just do receipt based. So it does or they will allocate in a bank account. Yeah, This is how much I have to spend. And after that. I'm done. So So it really just depends on the client and what works best for them. And how how often would they change their envelope amount? Because this is what I get from my wife. She'll say, oh, no, our our food budget needs to go up because of inflation. And you don't understand how expensive things are. (laughs) And our food budget keeps going up and up and up. But I 
I just don't know that inflation is really going up that fast. So I will say, actually, during the pandemic, some things did get more expensive. expensive. But I think it also depends on how your lives change. You know, your girls are growing, too. So I think naturally over time, there is an increase in things Mm -hmm. and they just start eating more like Dr. Tom, your son will start eating more soon, you know? And so I think some of that plays into it too, but. So, and what would be, because I know we had this conversation when we were talking about trying to like helping people to eat healthier, what's a normal food budget, but, and I don't know how you break it down, but we were talking about this either per person or per family, or maybe there's an allotted amount for an adult, but not for a kid. How does that work usually? Or what does it look like for that? So let's say the average person oh, eating, man. eating some, not eating out, for, right. you know, 10 times a week. I mean, have you asked Justin what their food budget I, is? I have okay. an idea of what it looks like. I don't know how, I don't know. I don't know if that. Um, they have a loaf of bread and peanut butter. <laughs> no, it's and, like. No, he has like 60 pounds of meat a week probably. Geez. So. But you've described him as very muscular. <laughs> he is very muscular. I, I can't believe we're the large. No, Just note that. That was. So we did actually have. This was probably two weeks ago when we were ordering. We were ordering yes. some shirts and he was getting an extra large. And then Justin got a large ordered so and it rocked his world for a I little while. I couldn't believe it. You got an extra large. I wear ex- this is a large today. So that's why I was oh, pointing okay, out earlier. Okay. But yeah, I wear an extra large. <laughs> I like the rules. <laughs> so I think, again, it all depends on the family because you also prioritize what's what you important. spend That's and true. what's important. Yep. So I have some clients that don't eat out at all and mm-hmm. they want all of their money to go towards groceries and food because that's what's important to them. They want to cook and it's mm-hmm. it can be expensive. So I think it it just depends on what is priority Do you for think you. percentages? Because that's, that's where my head goes is like say you have a high income person and then you have somebody who's lower income should it be based on an amount or a percentage? Because I tend to think I like the idea or or more how I think is I'll invest in myself stuff more. Mm-hmm. So my percentage of money would go more towards whether it's a gym or food or supplements um, versus just setting an amount and saying like, okay, I can only spend this and I'm going to sacrifice and eat worse. Because we look at that and 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 – see like from a health standpoint like the dollar cheeseburger is a dollar right now but it's ten dollars in health later down the road whereas mm-hmm. like the five dollar grass-fed burger saves you ten later right so that kind of thing so we actually i do have a uh, for planning purposes um we call it five five ten and this looks at gross income as a whole and how you should be allocating it every month And as you make more money, that percentage should increase. And as long as you're, and I'll tell you what 5510 here is in a second, but as long as you are doing 5510, then spend the rest of your money on whatever else you want. Right. Which it, so you make sure you've paid yourself first and taken care of your savings and your future. And then if you have $2,000 left over every month, then buy what you love. Do, yeah. 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 Um, so five, five, 10 is 5% towards savings every month. Now, after you hit a certain goal and, and you've met that, we can adjust and it's okay. Well, let's start moving that over to the investment side of things. But 5% then goes towards your risk management, which is your insurance side of things. Mm -hmm. This is more of life, not health. And then 10% towards investments. And if you can do more than 10, we want to do more than 10. Right. But that is when I'm looking at a financial plan and a budget, those are the percentages that I look at and start with. Five, five, 10 of gross income. Gross income. Okay. Mm -hmm. So if someone made a hundred thousand dollars a year, they would put five into savings Every year, mm-hmm. five into their insurance. What? How did you categorize that? Insurance, insurance portfolio. Insurance yeah, life portfolio, insurance. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then 10 into 
And with that, then with the 10, is that usually a 401k? So that can be 401k, 457, IRAs, anything investment wise. Um, non-qualified accounts doesn't necessarily have to be retirement, but mm-hmm. that you're putting money away into something for future. Is there a match in the military? Do they match at any point? Or so something? that's a great question. Uh, so the military has what's called TSP, Thrift Savings Plan. That is essentially the government 401k. Okay. And it's gone through some changes over the past two years or so. Um, the military was a, you do your 20 years, you get a pension. That's how it started. Then they added in the thrift savings plan, which is you can put money towards your future. We're putting money into the pension for you because the military doesn't pay into their pension. It's provided for them. And now we have what's called the blended retirement system, which everyone that's joining the military now falls under the blended retirement system. And that's still a pension. It's a smaller pension. They have their 401k, their TSP, and now they're also receiving a match in that at 5%. So it depends on when you joined the right. military, if you're in the blended retirement system on whether you're getting the match or not. not really. And based on your rank, does that change anything financially? Like or that just changes how much they make. Yes. Per, mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then no, no additional perks though. Say you hit Colonel. Mm-mm. Okay. No, you're you do get time and service increases in pay, mm-hmm. and then when you get promoted, you get your increases in pay, and then when you retire, depending on your rank and how long you've held that rank, determines your pension. No. And and what would be so you gave her that stat five thousand dollars. What, what is it? Some percentage has under 49, 49% of military families have less than 5,000. 5, so mm-hmm. what, what would you say is your goal for that? If, if we were taking everybody in your area or everybody who's with you, how do you measure where you want the savings to be or how you stop it? Like, do you start with the emergency fund? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Your, your emergency fund should be three to six months and that variant depends on, do you have a family? How how secure are you in your job and your income? You know, when the pandemic hit, this this rocked a lot of people's right. worlds. Even those that had emergency funds, we're going into now almost close to a year of changes in pay. And the military, it did not affect their pay at all. Now, mm-hmm. it could have affected spouses' pay, right? which uh, there are a lot of working military spouses, um, that that income is important to their household. So even though the military member may not have lost their paycheck, there could be changes to the spouse. So their emergency fund would need to come into play, but depending on how secure your income is, that also plays into that three to six months. Um, as I have clients that are transitioning into retirement, maybe we need a little bit bigger of an emergency fund because what if they don't want to go back to work right away? What if they want to enjoy time off and be with their family? I don't want them to have to turn around and get another job. Yeah. Um, So your emergency fund, three to six months. And then I use what's called a pay cash account. And because you want to be able to save up and buy a new TV or go on a vacation. It's the, li- yeah. the little things that you want to do. The dining that- room table, if you want. The new dining stuff. room table. <laughs> but you don't necessarily have that money to come out of the budget mm-hmm. right. on a monthly basis. So you're saving up for dollars you can use on a rainy day. So what's have you got much kickback when you give them this system? Or do you have people who they save up for... I'm, I'm just picturing a person saving up for eight months being like, I can't handle this anymore. And then spending all of their savings on a new TV or a car or something. <laughs> I, it, people aren't perfect. Yeah. It happens, but that's, it comes down to behavior and that is what comes first and foremost. You won't get to where you want to be if you don't have the discipline and the behavior 
to take you there it's hard right and and then do they call do they call you and what does it sound what does that conversation sound like you know and what do you say about what do they say to you and how do you handle i have uh, my so a lot of my clients become my personal friends they are very important to me um but sometimes they are scared (laughs) to come see me it's a good balance (laughs) but it is you know it's because I hold them accountable and it's yeah. because they know either they haven't done the right thing or they messed up, which it's okay. Like it is okay as long as you're willing to hit the reset button. But yeah, sometimes they're scared to come see mm-hmm. me because they know. Right. But that's what I'm there for. It's I'm a coach. I help them work on these things. Yeah. Get to where they want to be. Yeah. So Visit one, visit two. Now they finally get the plan. Visit three. Yeah. They put it in place. What's the follow-up? Yeah. Is it monthly? Is it six months? Yeah. So um, that is dependent upon the client and what we're working on. If we're working on a debt reduction, I'm probably seeing them once a month. Hey, what did we get paid down? Where are we at now? How do savings look? Um, they all get what's called like a new client review. So after we've put everything into place, uh, within the next, I give it about a month and a half to two months, we get back together. I'm like, how's the budget? How is everything going? Are you comfortable? Or are you uncomfortable? Like, yeah. do we need to make any changes? Because you can't just set it and forget it. Right. So um, we do a new client review. And at that point, if they've started investing, they've gotten a statement. So we go over the statement and what that looks like and um, making sure their allotment is set up okay. And um, we go through their life insurance policy and what that looks like. So they get their new client review. And then at a minimum, we are meeting once a year. Moving forward from there. A minimum. Yes. Um, For my newer clients, it's typically once a quarter. Um, to kind of get them through that initial, and again, it's that accountability. But you're seeing their, like you probably have a platform where you're still seeing how they're doing Mm -hmm. and checking. Yeah. Yeah. So something that's really unique about our firm is we believe in face-to-face service that we want to see you now. The pandemic, we've been doing we've been doing face to face via Zoom mask a lot, um, and mask to mask. Um, but as our clients, it's unique. They are moving every two to three years, so right. we have over 170 offices worldwide, worldwide. So whenever they PCS, they are getting PCS. a new advisor that they are then meeting with, and they get. They have access to everything. They pull up their plan. They look through their notes. But that way, there is somebody holding them accountable when they get to their next duty station. Um, but that includes Germany. That's England. We right. have advisors in Korea. I mean, they're, we are everywhere to serve them. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Yeah. Now, I would. everybody's salary-based or, or kind of set income. Do you work with anybody that's in the sales world where they don't necessarily know month to month what they're income is going to be and how do you how do you strategize around yeah that? yeah so um Good you question. know the you. because that's how i am right yeah any business owner. yeah so the uh, our primary focus is the military but me owning my own business and being my own boss it has really uh, it helps with others that are in the same boat for me to say well have you thought about xyz but we do a lot of planning on a monthly basis, but doesn't mean things can't be done annually mm-hmm. or quarterly. Um, and uh, so there are some unique yeah. planning things that come along with that because it is unknown. You don't necessarily know. Um, but yeah, there are some fun uh, small business planning techniques and things. Yes, that, yeah. that we could that we could chat about, but. So you have, and you have clients from all across the board. It's not just mm-hmm. military world. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. different scenarios. And is, is the process still the pretty much the mm-hmm. same yeah. no matter what? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Um, you know, the fun part for me recently has been, I do have a lot of clients that are going into full-time retirement and, 
you know, hot topic recently has been taxes. Mm -hmm. And so doing a lot of tax planning, tax diversification planning, I cannot give legal tax advice. I am, I'm not a CPA, Mm -hmm. uh, but I can look at them from a planning perspective. So Mm -hmm. doing a lot of um, how can we mitigate future taxes and really incorporating that with my young business owners and people that are making money now, right? Defer, 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 right. defer has always been kind of the go-to when it comes to retirement planning. But what have we seen happen with tax rates over time? Yeah. They've gone up. And with where we're at today, with our with our spending um, from a government perspective, you know, where is that future money going to come from? Right. Here. So how do we... You know, do you want to do you want to make a business deal where you buy me out later at the price that I set, or do we buy each other out now at an agreed upon price? Mm-hmm, right. How much are you willing to gamble on that? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So to so to get to quote unquote financial stability, what are the things that you see somebody has in place? Because I you've mentioned uh, life insurance. So I imagine the first strategy is get a savings, get your emergency fund, start investing money. And then when do you incorporate life insurance and do you do you have a thought on whole life versus term? Kind yeah. of want to hear your thoughts on that. So risk management is actually the foundation of your financial plan. Because if something catastrophic happens to yourself or somebody else in your family, that can complete any financial plan you have is thrown out the window if you're not properly prepared for that. Um, So actually insurance comes first. Um, Life life insurance becomes before investing, I should say. You can do it at the same time, Mm -hmm. but life insurance and making sure the survivorship need is taken care of comes first because in a worst case scenario, and unfortunately those worst case scenarios happen have to make sure your family is ready for that. So risk management actually comes first before investing. So is that visit four? No. So that all happens, that that all happens together. So in my second appointment, that's where we do the goal setting. Um, If it, if they're married, they come in together. That is pretty much a requirement. Um, Even if they keep finances separate, it's still important because in the eyes of the law, nothing separate. Um, so we actually go through a, um, survivor needs analysis. So we look at if something were to happen to you, what needs to be paid off? Do you want to continue to work? What kind of income are you going to need? Do you want college paid for? These are all of the things that we talk about up front Mm -hmm. and that is all incorporated into the financial plan. plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What what percentage of people keep their finances separate? I don't. It's I don't, not. I know you might not know. It exactly, is becoming but, more and more common that I see it, but it's still not the majority. So instead of say one joint account, they would each have separate yep. checking accounts mm-hmm. and saving separate accounts, bill, and they like, would deposit their check mm-hmm. into their own side. Yep. Certain. One person will take care of these bills. The other person will take care of these bills. Do you find that like cleaner and easier to work with or doesn't matter? Not cleaner. Rather like one big joint. Mm -hmm. Well, because here is where that gets complicated when you're looking at retirement. If one person is able to save more, what does that mean for them together in retirement? Because you would and you'd be setting up two separate budgets almost mm-hmm. in that scenario, right? Yes. Because it's two mm-hmm. separate incomes, yes. two separate accounts, yes. two separate sets of bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It makes yeah. it much more complicated. It can be done, but yeah, it yeah. is more complicated. Um, and then you have to ask the other person that may be making more money, hey, are you willing to contribute to uh, if you want to be taken care of, you need this type of life insurance, this amount of life insurance on your partner. If they can't pay for it, are you going to be willing to pay for right. it? Are you going to be willing to contribute to their retirement? Mm-hmm. Like it, it does make it more complicated. Not that it can't be done, but it's it's harder. Yeah. And is it one in just as a baseline? I know you're not going to give me an exact number. One in twenty, one in fifty, one in two. It's probably two, two and ten. Two and ten. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Keep it separate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So you set them up with life insurance and then do you, how do you direct somebody towards whole or term? And is there, you know, what would, for the listeners, what's the benefit of each? Yeah. So we categorize it into permanent and temporary insurance. Mm -hmm. And there are different types of permanent, different types of term. And one is not better than the other. It just depends on the need. Um, Debt is a temporary need. Eventually, you won't have a house payment. Eventually, your cars will be paid off. Eventually, your kids are going to go to college or they're not going to go to college. Um, So there are different needs that different types of insurance protect. Um, But if you need income, that's a permanent need. That does not go away. You're always going to have a need for income. Um, But it also comes down to budget. You know, the military provides amazing survivor benefits if something happens to someone on active duty. Um, So military needs versus somebody on the civilian side that doesn't have that same type of group coverage is going to need a significant amount more than somebody that already has good policies in place. Now, something to keep in mind and what we look at and plan proactively for is what happens when you leave the military or any job you leave that's providing you benefits, they're gone. Oh, right. And as you guys, I'm sure, see, those in the military and who are retired, what what type of physical shape are they in? How healthy are right. they? Mm-hmm. That sort of stuff plays into insurability and the ability to get life insurance. So we look at planning proactively there too, I have clients that can't get life insurance. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. of their health. Yeah. Because I, I was thinking about that and we talked a little bit earlier when somebody's heading towards retirement, um, do you talk about a certain amount of money they're going to need to take care of for their health conditions that just, you know, I've heard statistics like you need two hundred to $400,000 in addition to your insurance when you retire for health care. And is that something you plan and strategize? So a majority of my clients on the retirement side being prior federal or military have different health benefits that cover a lot that they don't have to pay as much for. The biggest thing that I help plan for on the health and wellness side is long-term care. Yeah. That is known as a retirement plan killer, um, which can be in any healthcare scenario, medical bills, um, but long-term care is really what we focus on um, for our clients in the age 40 to 50 range, starting to think about, do you have the ability to pay for this on top of your retirement living requirements? Um, And long-term care is getting... More and more expensive. Mm-hmm. Which and how? What? What's a baseline? So you knew I was going to go into that. So question, in but. in Columbia, so there's a great website, Genworth Cost of Care. Um, Columbia for home health care right now, four thousand two hundred dollars a month. Wow, for one yeah. person. Wow, that's and that's not that's in home or is that that's in of, home in home. Mm-hmm. So is it at a facility even more? Yeah. I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You're looking at about six to seven year. for like a semi-private room. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why we call it the retirement plan killer. And Medicare does not pay for it. TRICARE does not right. pay for it. That is, you are spending down everything that you have to get on Medicaid. And even then, for most of our clients that have pensions and fixed incomes, right. you're disqualified. Yeah. It's so interesting how like finance and health are just overlap so much Mm -hmm. in just even the habits and discipline and like the person that starts taking care of themselves at 20 financially and from a health standpoint versus the person that starts at 60, it's night and day difference on how successful they, Mm -hmm. they become. Um, So in, in that thought process, like where do you... If you were to meet with, say, you know, somebody in high school that isn't going to, you know, get into financial planning even for a while, mm-hmm. what would be some of the number one 
disciplines or habits that you'd want them to start forming from a financial side then? Live on less than you earn and save. But living on less than you earn is the biggest thing. I think that is the biggest problem we have in America is we want what we want and we want it now and don't think about the long-term consequences Mm -hmm. of that. So if you can live on less than you earn, you will be okay. I I feel like understanding debt, I mean, something like we were talking about college and how nobody talks about how expensive it is and what kind of job you need to even pay your loans pay, off mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, and that's become a huge problem here in the U S some people don't even like talking about it themselves. Yeah. You say, well, you know what, how's your student loan debt? And they're like, I don't know. I don't look at it. Yeah. I haven't looked at it. I just, yeah. the minimum Make amount payments comes out and, and that's it. Well, and I, and what's, you know, been going on recently is okay. Well, if I work this job for this many years, it's going to be forgiven. Yeah. Has that started happening yet? No. I don't think so. No. So, you know, you can't rely on right. what you're being told either. Like Everything you changes. need to go in eyes wide open. You are going to be responsible for making these payments until this debt is paid off. Right. And I think uh, especially with COVID recently and people not being able to work and people being sick, the mental and physical repercussions of not being financially in a good place are really being played out right now. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Depression, anxiety, high blood pressure, uh, strain on relationships, strain at work and health is the same way. If you're not feeling well, you are going to the doctor and can you pay for those bills and how expensive is healthcare getting And on the civilian side, as business owners, you know, uh, the Affordable Care Act, that's the health insurance I have, my insurance premiums went up over $100 for 2021. So that in itself is just getting more expensive in your job, your finances, you have to account for that. And do you ever talk about health savings accounts or things where I love that concept. I, I almost wish we would get rid of insurance and we gave everybody whatever, you know, $10,000 a year for health. And then if they don't use it, it keeps, you get another 10,000, you keep banking your um, money for health eventually or whatever, or invested into gym, supplements, chiropractic. But do you advise your people to get into health savings accounts? Cause I think we have patients too, that they're hoping it, they always hope insurance is going to cover mm-hmm. this said thing. And it's like, well, in the fine print, it kind of says it might, but right. never does. But if you have a health savings account, it's like swipe and do yeah. whatever you want with it. So I actually spent an extra $10 on my health insurance this year for 2021 to have an HSA because depending on your health insurance plan, you don't have access to an HSA. Uh-huh. So, and the military side, there are no HSAs. Huh. So it's only like, cause TRICARE takes care of a right. lot. So they don't have the ability to set up HSAs. Um, so, uh, depending on your health insurance plan that you choose, you may or na- you may or may not even be eligible for one. But yes, they are great to have. Uh, yeah. For even long term. Now, some you have to use every year. Uh, there are nuances, but especially into retirement, long term care and things like that. Uh, HSA, you get to it's tax deductible and it's right. tax free growth if you're using it properly and and what it's made for. Right. Yeah. yeah I love that. Wow. Yep. Yeah. So yes, I will be starting my HSA in January. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Right. I'm excited about having yeah, it. Because right. um, nice. yeah, I mean, this isn't covered. Right. A chiropractic care isn't covered nope. for me. So I come out of pocket every month for it. Yep. But it's worth it yep. for me. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Yep. yep. So Good. maybe kind of as we're closing, tell us a couple things about yourself. What's your two favorite restaurants in Columbia? Oh, God. So hard. That's so hard. I mean, I could eat Mexican like every single so day. Cantina. 
So actually, my favorite spot is Moctezuma's on Fort Jackson Boulevard. Oh. Um, oh, it's great. By Whole Foods? Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Is that new? That's new. So he had, this is his second restaurant. He has another one that's much smaller, a little bit further down the road. So uh -huh. it's been in that location for a little over a year, okay. I think. Love Moctezuma's. And then my other, uh, geez, I love bourbon. Have you guys been to yeah. bourbon on Main Street? Main Street. Mm -hmm. Bourbon's very good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, so those, those are probably my two my two favorites. Yeah. And yeah. What, what's your favorite thing to do in Colombia? Count money. Count money. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Saturday mornings when it's not freezing cold, I love to go to Soda City and walk on Main Street. That's mm -hmm. a ton of fun. You spend an hour or two and then you end up going into one yeah. of the restaurants afterwards. So, mm -hmm. um, I love soda city and, um, what else? Not much to do in Colombia. It's soda, like, soda city market is good think though. about where oh. you can travel. Well, and I, cause <laughs> so, uh, Trevor and I, um, he's got an Airstream, so mm -hmm. we love to go camping. Oh, glamping nice. yeah. yeah glamping yeah um, gotta have heat gotta have air conditioning bathroom yep. shower bathroom. yes with yeah 100 um, there with that so i love we... to go camping but i stay in a hotel <laughs> <laughs> so. so we do like to go to the local like state parks in south carolina cool. um and take the camper yeah. uh there because there's a lot of places you can go mm -hmm. within like two hours yeah. so Cool. Um, yeah. Cool. Nice. All right. Well, I think we appreciate you, uh, you yeah. talking with Learned us. A lot. Hopefully lots of people learn things. Thanks uh, for having how me. How do people reach you? So or what's, what's your preferred way? You like text so, throughout the day or um, email letter or in the mail. a letter, in the, letter mail. in the mail? Yes. Um, so I do have a Facebook page. Like I do have a work Facebook page, uh, Kendall Matthews, first command financial advisor. Um, I'm not allowed to text. No text clients. Me. Yeah. Really? Yes. But they can Facebook message you? Yes. On my work page. Because <laughs> it's all not like oh. all client contact has to be recorded. Got it. So Got yes. It. Yes. Cool. Um, okay. but yeah, my first command Facebook page is, Easiest, yeah. is yeah. And hopefully that will soon to include an Instagram page. We are working on nice. We're working on that. Nice. So nice. Yeah. All right. We all right. Thank it. you. All right, you guys. Thanks for having me. Here for the health of it. For the health of it.